Welcome to Technology Forward, where we explore trends and developments in the additive manufacturing industry. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening. In today's episode, we're going to explore trends in additive manufacturing. I'm speaking with Justin McKernan, Vice President of Marketing at Stratasys. Stratasys is one of the founding companies of 3D printing additive manufacturing technology, and the company continues to explore innovative ways to build parts layer by layer. Thank you for joining me today, Justin. Hey, thank you. So additive manufacturing continues to change all the time. What are trends that you are seeing for maybe like the next few months or even year? Yeah, there were two major trends that have, I mean, they've been going on for a while, but have really popped up with COVID. Um, The first one is supply chain gaps. So we're seeing it, you see it in the news and everywhere else. That was one of the big initiatives Stratasys actually has participated in and still is today with the manufacturing of shields using 3D printing. Oftentimes I think of 3D printing as kind of the first gear of a car. And when you have supply chain issues, you got to go back to first gear. And the fastest way to get going oftentimes is with 3D printing. And that's where we were able to develop over 100,000 of these shields with our COVID coalition, which kind of leads me to the second trend that we're seeing, which is digital factories. So when we made all these shields, we made these shields with partnerships of other companies, over 100, none of which were owned or operated by Stratasys. It was just volunteers that volunteered to print um, hundreds of these shields and send them into us. And then we would pair it with a you know, clear plexi and ship it off to the healthcare facilities. We did this with another software program that we've got called GrabCat Shop, mm-hmm. which is a work management tool that allows you to manage all the incoming orders um, from different locations and then deploy those out. And so I think you'll see a lot more going on uh, with companies with digital factories of, you know, many of these factories from my past experience in, in other companies, the factories sometimes are silos and they don't have the opportunity to share best practices. Mm. But 3D printing allows you to digitize everything, put those files out there. And now we can start to share best practices as far as tools, jigs, fixtures, um, even replacement parts, all in a digital way. And so you start to get some synergies within your factories that way as well. You know, in the past few years, I've heard a lot of companies talk about the supply chain and how Additive has always had the potential to really reformat or disrupt the supply chain. And it does seem that this COVID thing has really brought that home where companies were finding such shortages. Yeah, agree. And and I think where you see it on supply chain is both at the beginning of a product startup and then at the end. So, you know, oftentimes if you kind of think of it as a bell curve, 3D printing is great for right when you start up to go ahead and get your initial products built up and really do those low volume custom ones to get them set up and going. And that that's kind of what happened is all the traditional manufacturing kind of fell off because different challenges with with COVID and we kind of went back and, and started running things with 3D printing. And you saw it in, in all types of avenues. You also saw many companies and even healthcare facilities decide to localize or bring some of this home. When I was in manufacturing, we called it safety stock. You know, 3D printing in a lot of ways can be your safety stock. Yeah. So if times are tough, you can fall back on your 3D printer and definitely continue on um, with products versus having nothing. And it's a way to do it quickly. You know, we set up the 100 manufacturers that we had in under five days 
where traditional manufacturing uh, would have taken five weeks. And it's a way to do it digitally too. You don't necessarily have to have the product on hand, just you, just the digital files. Absolutely. And then you see it on the backside of a bell curve as well. So if you were looking to discontinue a product, sometimes you don't want to just completely shut off. You need replacement parts or things for a period of time. You see this in aerospace a lot. And that's also a place where 3D printing can help out because when you want to make one, two, a hundred units over a period of time, maybe traditional manufacturing isn't set up to do that, but definitely with 3D printing, you can meet those needs. Now, in the past year or two, or even with uh, the pandemic, have the markets for additive manufacturing changed? Are there newer markets or are you seeing more adoption in traditional markets? Yeah, it's, it's still all types. So everything from auto to aero, industrial, electronics, and, and even consumer good companies. A strong focus for us in the last six months has also been on the medical device arena. So we uh, launched a printer called our digital anatomy printer. Um, and it has unique digital materials that actually uh, duplicate anatomical parts such as cardiac, vascular, and other things. And that's been a, a great thing for that market because instead of using cadavers, you can now actually print 3D parts um, that mimic a lot of those behaviors. What's important about that is it's when you wanna absolutely produce something with a certain type of uh, behavior, so a, tu a tumor in a certain place on a body part, you can 3D print that. With cadavers, it's kind of tough to say, this is where I want all these things to be. Uh, what you get is kind of what you get. Yeah, I was going to say, if I remember from the information, that the material mimics the feel, and you're also telling me that it mimics the behavior. Yeah, so you can actually, um, in certain situations, pump fluid through it, um, just like you would in a vascular system. And so there's different, and that, that product is continuing to evolve as we develop more and more materials. So the first one was the, the cardiac focus, but we'll continue to expand that over time with the goal someday to possibly even replace cadavers, you know, it, altogether. So if you're a student, instead of going to the lab, maybe you get to take the lab back to your room and actually do some of the work there. Okay. So now, given everything that's happening with additive manufacturing over the past couple of years, where do you see it fitting in a manufacturing operation? I'd say it fits right next to the equipment that exists today. In many places, they work side by side. The nice thing is you, you go ahead and upload your files and go home and come back the next morning and, and things are ready and done. You know, I, I see it in all types of applications. We see it in layup tools, jigs, fixtures. It's a great way to help with repetitive motion. I've seen statistics of you know $50,000 is a cost of an injury, which can be caused by repetitive motion in manufacturing. And mm -hmm. so the ability to customize all these tools for the workers um, and lightweighting them is something that's important, as well as you can do color coding with different types of materials so you get the right tool for the right application. So I see a lot more of that. The other thing that we're starting to see more of is what I'd kind of call protective tools. So tools or jigs that um, don't scratch paint. So if you're applying decals or, or certain things, it's a protective type of 3D printing material. And you see that with some elastomers. And then we just lately introduced Duran, um, which is a low friction surface. So it's easier on the, the items that are placed against it. Okay, are there any special technology changes or developments that need to happen to make additive manufacturing 
more more suitable for working side by side with manufacturing tools? I'd say the thing that you see with additive manufacturing oftentimes within the manufacturing workspace is testing. So oftentimes you might have something that's been known with a piece of steel that's always been done and there's requirements and measurements and, and knowledge of what that can do. When you 3D print it, it's all based on the design and the material. And so I, there is additional testing that sometimes has to take place just because it's, you're creating something that's never been created before. So there's some of that, but once it's tested and, and proven, then you see the acceleration within the factory. So I'd say that's something that, that's starting to take place now is this additional testing that might not have happened in the past because there are so many knowns. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now let's take a look at uh, designers. What are some of the key skills that a designer needs to have to work well with additive manufacturing? Yeah, I'd say three things. So one, you know, definitely the ability to design for additive manufacturing, how to do infills, possibly welding parts, um, and many other things. And, and we offer training as well as others do on that kind of stuff. Number two, I'd say justifying 3D printing. So there's many, many ROI tools. We make some ourselves to prove uh, to management while this, why this is such a good investment. Sometimes we'll see paybacks, you know, in three months. Um, so it's not a long-term thing. And so understanding your applications and uh, how this can speed those up and, and have other benefits beyond that. Then the third thing I'd say would be sales skills. So oftentimes we see somebody get a 3D printer, they're using it, maybe their immediate team, but having the sales skills to getting the rest of the organization to adopt it is, is important. So how do you hold, you know, webinars, learnings, other types of things, face-to-face -face meetings with other groups outside maybe your organization or outside of your team to share what it actually can do. Because I think sometimes you might have a manufacturing group that hasn't talked to the prototyping team yeah. and maybe they can use the exact same printer. And then that helps build your ROI story as well. That's interesting. ROI tools. Can you give me an example? Yeah. So oftentimes what you'll do is look at the cost of the printer, the cost of the material, and then understand what your utilization is of the machine. And so, you know, the machine can run 24 hours, 365 days a year. You'll see them run somewhere between 20 and 50% oftentimes. So understanding that usage and then what's the cost savings driven by that compared to either traditional methods or also looking at the amount of time that's used with traditional methods. So maybe with 3D printing, there's fewer parts. It's printing overnight. Traditional, maybe you'd have to actually form something, weld something, and, and do more of the hands-on stuff. So it's also a way to reduce labor costs, too. Are these like downloadable tools, or are they? Yep. Oh, Yeah, so we actually have two or three PDFs that describe multiple ways of justifying 3D printing, as well as Excel charts and other things. But talking to your uh, local Stratasys reseller or a Stratasys uh, representative, we can definitely get people those kind of tools. Okay. And the last question, so what new technology or developments is Stratasys working on now? Yeah, so I, you know, for specifically on additive manufacturing, the expansion of materials, and like I mentioned, just the latest one is Duran, and that's a tooling material. It's extremely smooth and tough, but it also has a low surface friction, so it allows for materials to slide across it easily, which is something that's sometimes important, um, depending on the applications that you're doing. And you'll continue to see us come out with additional materials 
We spend typically about 30,000 hours printing our materials before we launch them to the market. So we could maybe get them out to market faster, but we definitely want to make sure they work as uh, well as we plan them to. So you're seeing most of the development more in materials as opposed to any kind of technology advance? Uh, that I can tell you about now. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> so there's there's other things in the works, but for right now, I'll tell you that we have the materials coming out. We did just launch our J55, which is a full-color multi-material 3D printing, okay. which is actually an, an office-friendly design studio type printer. Okay. Well, I thank you so much for joining me today, Justin. It was a pleasure. Thank you.